Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. Good morning. My name's Aaron. I'm one of the pastors here. Thanks so much for being here, worshiping with us today at Ocean View. Happy Thanksgiving. A couple of days late. Hopefully you had a great time visiting with family or friends or traveling or whatever it was that you were doing. Some of you might still be traveling. You're joining us online today. Thanks for tuning in and being a part of today's service. Or you are at home sick with the flu that you picked up from a loving family member while you were gone. That could be why you were at home. And if that's you, thank you for keeping your germs to yourself. We appreciate it very much. Uh, I, uh, I have learned over time that traveling with family is like an evolving sort of thing, right? So uh, traveling, when it was just Whitney and myself, you know, when we were newlyweds, traveling was just like, hey, let's just throw some suitcases in the car and let's go. And now we have three kids. And so traveling every time we leave to go anywhere is more like a game of Tetris. And the blocks are suitcases and bags and bins of food and toys and books and the things that they need uh, when they leave the house. And so whenever we do that, it's, it's always me huffing and puffing about why are we bringing this and my wife saying, because. Just do it, right? And so you learn over time to just do whatever she says. Because as my dad says, you can be right or happy, but you cannot be both. So we choose to be happy. Um, but when my wife and I first got married, I remember going on our honeymoon, and my, my style of packing for a trip is I want to take as few bags as possible with as much stuff in them. Does it make sense? So like, I don't like to carry a bunch of bags, a lot of little bags, a lot of suitcases. That's not me. I would rather, look, give me two suitcases. We'll pack them as full as we can get them, and that's it. I don't want to carry anything else. I don't want to carry on. I don't want anything. I want to check the bags, and that's it. I, li I like to be free, right? That's what I say. That's what I tell myself. So uh, when we went on our honeymoon, my goal was to fit everything we could into these. These are the actual suitcases, by the way. This, they are 12 years plus old. These uh, suitcases, I wanted to pack everything in them and everything we would need for an entire week in these two suitcases. And I was able to do that. We, we filled them completely up. This one could not fit anything else in it. And this one got to uh, 49, like 0.8 pounds, right? Like 50 is the cutoff and we were just under it. And it, so that was it. So when we went to the airport, I smiled with pride as they put it on the scale. And I was like, it's under 50, so you have to take it, right? And that was great. Here's the thing. I did not account for the idea that we would actually be buying stuff, you know, like souvenirs and stuff, while we were on our trip. And so when it came time to fly back, we put it on the scale, and it's 54 pounds. And I, again, don't like carry-on, so that's not happening, and I didn't bring one. And and we don't, I can't shift anything over because the other one is completely full. And so the wonderfully kind people out at Southwest and their marketing department, they said, well, you can pay like the $70 for like the extra weight. Or you can buy a $25 duffel bag and you can shift stuff over. 
I was like, oh, that sounds great. So that's what we did in the airport, shuffling stuff over, and I now own a $25 Southwest duffel bag so that I can bring more stuff the next time I travel. And so there you go. Uh, I've learned over time uh, to that that may not be the best way to, to pack, but the truth is we all, whether you pack that way or not, we all like to fit as much as we can into as little a space as we can. And, and you've probably experienced this, even this week, you had a lot of leftovers and you tried to cram as much as you can into your refrigerator, right? You open your refrigerator and there's so much in there right now. Or in your pantry, like my mom's pantry when we went to visit them, like I opened the door and it's just my mom and dad living there. But I opened the door and the pantry, it's like completely full, like it's crammed full of stuff. And I'm just like, wow, there's a lot of food in here that we are probably supposed to eat that I'm just not going to be able to eat this week. And that's kind of how it is. And maybe it's a, a drawer, like your clothes, you try to cram as much clothes as you can, or your closets, whatever it might be for my kids. It's like the bins, like in their room or under their bed. We try to cram as much as we can into as little space as we can. Those of you that have a garage uh, that you actually park your car in, I am envious of you. I don't know what that's like. I have a garage. They tell me two cars can fit in it. That is impossible right now because my garage is full of stuff. My attic also full of stuff. Some of you experienced that while you were getting Christmas decorations down this week. Your attic was so full that you almost fell through the roof of your house, um, through the ceiling or broke your arm or something. Like that, that could be a thing that happens. Don't do that. Be careful, please. But that's a thing that we do. We have so much stuff we don't even know. And here's the thing. We keep it all in there, and we keep it. And we don't even remember we have it, but we keep it because you never know when you might need it, right? You might need it. Well, we just keep it. We might need it, and we hang on to it. Some of you uh, live simplistic, and so you're not able to understand what I'm talking about. But just so you understand... This is not just like an us or them problem. This is a cultural issue that we are facing. In fact, did you know that 10% of Americans have a storage unit? 10% of Americans have so much stuff that they are paying money to have someone else keep it. That's, that's where we're at. That means 10% of you in this room have a storage unit. Anybody want to admit that you have a storage unit. And some of you are lying right in church, and some of you are like confessing, and that's okay. It's not a bad thing. I'm just, it's the fact of life. It's what it is. In fact, this was really interesting to learn. Did you know that there are more storage unit facilities? All right, that's just the, the buildings of storage units. There are more storage unit facilities in our country than there are Starbucks, McDonald's, Dunkin' Donuts, Pizza Hut, and Wendy's combined. That's a lot of stuff sitting in closets, right? There's a lot of stuff that we hold on to just in case we need it one day. We hold on to stuff. It's just in our, in our culture. It's in our DNA. There's enough storage units, one for every 14 people in our country. I've bored you a lot with storage unit statistics. But here's the thing. It's not, it's not a new thing. And whether or not you hang on to stuff, the truth is we all hang on to things. And it may not be tangible, may not be possessions, physical things. Sometimes we hang on to other stuff. It could be pain from our past that we're hanging on to. It could be relationships. It could be 
uh, just work things, ambition that we have where we are pursuing a career. It could be money that we're trying to get more of. We all have things in our life that we are trying to cram into tiny spaces of our hearts and our minds. And the thing is, as we approach Christmas, as we look to it, our calendars are going to be overwhelmed with stuff as well. Because that's just how we live all the other times of the year. We have more Christmas movies on our Christmas movie list that we have to watch in the next 25 days. We have more family obligations, Christmas parties, things we have to do, gifts we have to buy. Everything's going to get crammed in over the next few weeks. And Jesus actually tells a story that teaches a principle that I think will be helpful for us over the next few weeks as we look towards Christmas, but also beyond that, just as we grow through life, that Jesus has something he wants to teach us and tell us, a principle that I think if we can wrap our minds and our hearts around it is really going to change our perspective of life, not just for this season, but moving ahead as well. He tells this story in the Gospel of Luke. It's recorded for us. Someone in the crowd said to him, being Jesus, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Here's a guy whose father uh, apparently passed away and he wants his share of the inheritance, right? And Jesus replied, man, who appointed me? I love that he says, man, like that. That's how he says it in my head. Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And then he told them this story. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And so he says to himself, well, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns. I'll build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, be merry. Take it easy. That sounds like a good plan, right? But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself. And this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Now, typically when we look at this story, we look at it through the context and lens of possessions or money, and that's not incorrect. That is how we should look at it. That is one way that we should look at it. But I think there are other ways to look at this. I think the principle actually goes deeper than just stuff. I think it goes to the heart, and I think Jesus clues us into that at the front of this passage, where he kind of gives the disclaimer at the front end, be wary, be aware, on your guard against all kinds of greed. Now that's an interesting phrase, because typically when we think of greed, we think of money, we think of possessions. But Jesus says all kinds of greed, which makes me really consider and ask a question, well, how many kinds are there? And what are the kinds of greed that maybe I am not thinking of? So that takes us to the idea of greed in and of itself. How do we define it? What would you define greed as? And we would do what any of us would do. We go to the dictionary. What does the dictionary say? That makes it easy and simple. A selfish and excessive desire for more of something, such as money, than is needed. When we want more of something than is needed, and I love that such as money is in parentheses in the definition. It's just an example. It's one kind of greed. So what if we took that out? What if we make it blank? Let's just make it blank for a moment. Let's try to open our minds up to all 
kinds of greed. What kind of greed would be in that blank for you? This past week, maybe, for many of us, it was food. We took more than we needed on our Thanksgiving plate, right? Maybe it's food. Maybe it's caffeine. That's me sometimes. I need more caffeine than is needed, right? Three cups, not one, yeah? Could be attention. Could be that we need or attention from other people. We crave that. It might be the kind of greed that we have. It could be distraction. We try to leave what's happening around us and get distracted in our phone or just kind of unplug from things around us. We just got to get out of this, right? It could be friends. It could be that we need more friends, more relationships, more people in our life than maybe we actually need. We try to be more to more people than we're even capable of doing. It could be me time, right? We like to treat ourselves Maybe you need more me time than you actually need. It could be work. It could be ambition with our careers and trying to get more, do more, get ahead. Maybe it's knowledge. That could be one. We want to know more. We want to know as much as we can about as much as we can or whatever it might be for you. And sometimes that can lead us to gossip because we like to know more and be more. It could be validation. Maybe we're trying to get validation from other people. We need people to like us. It could be notoriety. We need people to think highly of us could be Christmas parties over the next few. It could be filling our calendar with as much stuff as we can, buying gifts for those people, doing more and more. It could be family obligations that are on the calendar. It could be social events that we just say, I need more, I need more. We, we constantly overwhelm ourselves and overcrowd our lives, our minds, our hearts with whatever we can. I don't know what it is for you. As I say that, you might be thinking of your own fill-in-the-blank that you could put in there. Maybe it is possessions. Maybe it is money, but it's not limited to that. It could be emotional, social, intellectual. I think in some cases it could even be spiritual, where we want more than what is actually needed. And here's the thing. In the pursuit of more, we actually tend to have less of what matters most. The more that we try to pursue and get and gain, we actually have less of what truly matters. And I think that's the point that Jesus was trying to illustrate. It's a matter of our hearts. Remember, he said, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. But he also said life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Possessions are not just tangible things. Possessions are anything that I try to hang on to. Anything that I try to wrap my arms around and control. We like to control things, don't we? But you know, there's a problem when I try to take control of things. I usually mess it up. When I try to control things, I usually overpack. When I try to control things, it doesn't always go the way that I want them to. And what do I do when that happens? I just try to control it even more. The problem with trying to control things is that we're not always being content when we try to control, we're not being content. And we really should. We should try to be content, right? We know that. So what does that mean? What does that look like for you and I? What does it mean for us to kind of let go and to stop trying to be in control? So I kind of illustrate it this way. If this is my life, right? And this is it. This is what I have. What I do with my life is I try to fill it up with things that I am in pursuit of. And it could be any of the things that I've mentioned before. You might have your own, whatever your fill in the blank is. 
And we try to pack as much as we can into it, right? Over the next few weeks, we're going to pack as much as we can into our lives, you know, to celebrate. And it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And beyond that, just in life in general, we try to pack as much as we can in to limited space and time that we have sometimes. And we try to pack it in as much as we can and fill it up. And what ends up happening when we pack it up, our life gets full pretty fast. You've experienced this. You know what it is to fill up our time, our schedule, our lives. And our life ends up looking like this, and it's just full. We don't have margin for anything else in our life. We, we can't add one more thing. You've ever felt that way? You might be saying to yourself, man, I wish I had 24, more than 24 hours in my day. Have you ever said that? I th- I'm, I'm glad that God only gave us 24 hours because if he gave us 28, you know what I'd be doing with the extra four? Nothing that matters, probably. I just pack in more of this. So here I am, I fill it up, right? It's completely full. And here's the problem with this, is that I don't have any room for anything that really matters. So then God says, hey, I got good gifts for you. I got good stuff that I want to do in and through your life. They're, they're colorful, that's why it's better. Go with it. I got good stuff that I want to do in your life. And I look at this and I say, well, that's great, God. I would love to be able to receive that from you. The problem is I just don't have any more room in my life right now for what it is that you want to do. He might say, I want, to ha- I want you to have this relationship in your life. I'm going to put this person in your path so that you can share compassion and grace and love. with. I'm going to do this through your life. Like He has good stuff that he wants to give us and bless us because he's a good dad. That's what he wants to do. The problem is I've filled up my life and in pursuit of so many other things. There's a, now, there's something we can do to fix that. We really have two options here. We can, option one, get a bigger space, and option two, have less clutter. Those are kind of our two options, right? Now, here's the thing. Most of us will look at this, and very easily we say, well, we just need a bigger space, right? Of course we do. If we had more space, I'd have more room for my stuff and for what God wants to do. And here's the thing that happens when we get bigger space. The thing that happens, as you know, from our storage unit issue that we all face, is that when we get a bigger space, we actually just fill it up with a lot more of our stuff. We just take all of this and we move it into this, and now we have room for a few things that God wants to do in our lives And he says, no, wait, I got more for you. I got more for you. And we say, well, that's great. I I just can't fit it in right now because I filled up the extra space with more of my stuff. So those are one option, right? So bigger space, actually, resetting boundaries doesn't help us. We just say, if I just had more of whatever whatever you might put in the blank, if I had more, my problem would be solved. But the truth is that's not true. Your problem wouldn't be solved. Your problem would just get bigger. As they say, more money, more problems, right? Or more whatever it is that you're in pursuit of. You just get more problems. So that's option one, is a bigger space. The second option, less clutter, right? In less clutter, that's more of a heart issue. That's not the one we like to deal with all the time. With less clutter, we have to ask ourselves a few questions. With less clutter, we have to ask, what do I need to let go of? And where do I need to be content in my life? When we start asking that question, 
things can change a little bit. When I look at my life and I say, well, I need to let go of some stuff. Maybe I need to let go of that person who really wronged me and I just was really seeking like some kind of restitution or grievance. I just need to let go. I don't want any place for bitterness in my life. Or maybe I need to do less with my schedule and my time. Let me just remove some other things, some stuff that I'm just cluttering my life up with. And here's what happens. Now I have room in my life to receive what it is that God wants to do in my life. And you say, well, that just means I just need to remove more and more, less of me, more of him. And here's the cool thing. Here's what's awesome. The more that I do that, the more that I show I am faithful in small things, the more he will bless me in bigger things. The more that I have less of me and more of him and allow him to fill my life up with what is good, the more I allow him to fill my life up, not just for my benefit, but so that I can then share that with others, do you know what he's inclined to do? Man, he says, I got, I got more for you. I got more. To the point that this then would become full of what he wants in my life. Well, how do we get more of him then? We need a bigger space. Because now I've filled up my life with what he wants, but I need bigger space so he can give me more so that I can share. And you know what ends up happening? When he takes control, when you relinquish control to him, he gives you the bigger space. But because you have less of you, he's going to be the one to fill it up. So then your life looks completely different. He gives you the bigger space, and he fills it with the things that are good, and there is a lot less of you and much more of him, and now your life looks a lot different. Just broke it. That's fine. Sorry, sorry, wife. All right. Uh, now your life looks a lot different. Now my life is a lot less of me and a lot more of him because he is the one giving it to me, and I simply take what he gives me and I share it with others. That's the way I want to live my life. I don't want to fill it up with my pursuits, my wants, my desires. I want the things that he wants. It's a complete shift, isn't it? And I think that's what Jesus was trying to convey to this man that day. I think that's what he's trying to convey to you and I, that maybe we just need to let go of whatever it is we're trying to control and maybe instead just trust him, maybe instead allow him to fill our lives up with grace and compassion and love so that as we go through life, when he puts people in our path and opportunity in our path to change people's hearts and minds, to love them the way he would love them, to show the grace of God to them the way he would, to show forgiveness to them the way he would, we don't miss it because we have room in our life for the things he brings into our life. And I know this is, this is true. Paul even speaks to it as well. Paul, a follower of Jesus, very early on, he wrote a lot of letters about how you and I can live. He wrote this to a guy named Timothy. He said, Godliness with contentment is great gain. We brought nothing into the world. We can take nothing out of it. So knowing that we didn't bring anything in, what should I fill my life up with? Only the things that will go with me, right? Whatever God's going to put in there. In 2 Corinthians, Paul wrote this. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness 
in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. When I'm weak, then I am strong. Less of me, more of him. He wrote in Philippians, he said this, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances, however you find your life, right? Be content. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. It's in his strength, not my own. It's in his power, not mine. It's in his space, not mine. So Jesus tells this story, but then he kind of has like an epilogue after that. After talking about this guy who stored up a lot of stuff for himself to hold on to, to control, to possess, he then kind of gives this to his disciples. Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear, or whatever it is that you are worried about over the next few weeks, right? Life is more than food. The body is more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They have no storage unit yet. God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. And who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? You can't. You would just fill it up with more of your stuff, right? So since you can't do this very little thing, like adding an hour to your day, why do you worry about the rest. Consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labor, they don't spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon, the richest king in history, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. And if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. The pagan world runs after such things. Your father knows that you need them. But get this. Seek his kingdom. These things, all that other stuff you're trying to control, will be given to you as well. Don't be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. So sell your possessions. Let go of everything you're trying to hold on to. Instead, give it to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, that you're not overstuffing with the things that you think you need. A treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near, no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what are we packing in our heart? What are we seeking? What is it we're after? I don't want to miss out. Here's the thing. We're going to get to the end of this year in just a few weeks. We're going to get to Christmas Day and the day after Christmas, right? And a lot of us right now, with everything that we have piled on into our lives and hearts and minds, we're just like, man, if I can just get through this month. Some of us said it this past year, if I can just get through this week, if I can just get through this season, if I can just get through this year, whatever it might be. And all we're going to do when that happens is reset for the next thing to get through. What if instead we said, man, what is it that God wants to do through me? What is it that God wants to give me so that I can share that with other people? How is he going to use me? What if we started asking different questions? What if we created space in our lives by getting rid of some of this clutter that we're hanging on to? whatever it might be. So here's some questions that I think 
are important for me to ask myself, and maybe you can latch onto some of them as well. And this week, spend some time answering or asking God to help you through this. Here's some questions that I think will be helpful. Where do I need to be content? Like, what, what, where am I not content in my life? Where am I restless in my life? Is it my career? Is it my family? What, what is it? Where do I just need to settle and be content? And where do I have room for God to use me? Am I so busy and so absorbed in my thing that I don't even see the opportunity that God is giving me to be used by him, to serve him, to share him with other people, to extend grace and forgiveness to others? What do I need to let go of? What am I trying to control? What situation What relationship, what financial thing am I trying to be in control of? And I just need to let go of it and trust him. What am I in pursuit of? What am I seeking his kingdom first? Or am I after something that I think will fulfill me better than what he could? Those are just some questions. You might have different ones. But I think if we spend some time looking at that, we'll grow closer to his heart. I think we'll start carrying around less of ourselves and we'll start caring more of him and we'll be able to share him and what he has given us with others and as that happens he just gives us more and more and more of himself and we will look back at the end of this year and we'll say man that was amazing we just live with open hands content hearts what would that look like that's the way i want to end this year That's the way I want to go into the next few weeks and just trust him with it. Will you pray with me? God, thank you for this simple principle, a simple way to look at life where we are just, we we love stuff and it's not always just possessions. We like to hang on to things, status, money, relationships, bitterness. We like to hang on to stuff. God, for some of us in this room, we need to let go. We need to let go and live with open hands and let you just take it. And while our hands are open, God, would you fill it with something that's good from you? Something that far surpasses whatever our expectations were, something that far surpasses whatever it is that we are striving for, that we would be content in you. God, forgive us when we don't trust you with that. You you stand ready to give us everything and we have cluttered up our minds and our hearts and our lives with so much more that at the end just doesn't matter. God, would you help us not to miss the opportunities that you are going to lay out in front of us even today, this week, the next few weeks, opportunities to tell people about you, opportunities to invite people to experience you and your people. God, to share love and compassion and grace with others. God, let us be, as your followers, let us be faithful stewards of what you have given us. And if you find us faithful, God, would you give us more, not for ourselves, but to share so that your kingdom would grow, that more people would know you. And we would just stand back and say, wow, that that was all God. As less of me. God, would you do that? Would you reveal to us what it is that we need to let go of? Would we make room for you? It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.